0: Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN Studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods, the festive ARN Studios with our Christmas tree behind us and my little Christmas squirrel sitting back there. I hope you're having a wonderful time in the ramp up to Christmas this coming Sunday. Mm. This is Squirrelly Joe's Night Owl Blend coffee. It's the first of the Squirrelly Joe's coffee that I ordered to try out, so I'm, I'm enjoying this. Uh, it's pretty good coffee. Uh, yeah. I actually have several sources for good coffee now that, uh, which you know, you think back. I grew up with Folgers. Mm. Folgers or Maxwell House was what Mom had in the in the in the house when I was growing up, and that's kind of what I grew up drinking. And uh, I was in my 20s when I discovered good coffee. And no, it had nothing to do with Starbucks. I can't stand Starbucks. Starbucks is bitter. It tastes burnt. I have never liked Starbucks coffee. I'll drink it. I mean, if there's nothing else, I've had... <laughs> More than one cup of coffee in, uh, at the coffee shop at Barnes & Noble, which is Starbucks. Um, while browsing books or meeting with people, That that's always been a, a good place to meet with folks. Um, if I'm having to go into Missoula and meet somebody, Darby the hamster is making, she's digging in the paper. Who knows, she's digging in the paper. She's a happy hamster. All right. Well, today is Tuesday, December twentieth, two thousand twenty-two. Tomorrow is the solstice. So that's the tomorrow will be the the longest night of the year, or shortest day of the year, however you want to measure it. <laughs> um, but that will be the solstice is tomorrow. Um, Let's see, this is Squirrel Chatter. We are a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head it over to christianpodcastcommunity.org org. check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. And uh, you're sure to find something worth listening to. And in addition to the audio podcast, which you can download um, on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and TuneIn and uh, just about anywhere you find podcasts, you can find Squirrel Chatter. We also live stream Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. So if you want to watch the video, it's live streamed on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. And, of course, you can go back and watch those later if you're not up at 7.30 Mountain or if you're busy with you know many people, especially East Coasters, already off at work. It's 9.30 on the East Coast. Yeah, You're working, you don't have time to watch a podcast, you're going to watch it when you get home. I understand that. Or listen to it at lunch, something like that. Hmm. But we we do all these things to be convenient for our tens of tens of listeners. Alright, we are reading through the Legacy Standard Bible this year. We are getting close to the end. There are just two weeks left, less than two weeks now, because this is the second day of week 51. So we will have eight days left and we will be done reading the Bible. That's after today. Nine days counting today. And we will have read through the entire Bible this year on the podcast, which is kind of exciting. And uh, I've gotten several notes from people this last week that, that are thanking me for doing this and 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 have enjoyed it and been edified by it. And so we're glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. We're glad we're be, we've been of some help. Our scripture reading today is going to be Job 15 through 17 and Revelation 14. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the virgin birth. So let's jump in, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who hast caused all holy scripture to be written for our learning, Grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Job chapter uh, 15. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, Should a wise man answer with windy knowledge and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he argue with a word that cannot be used or with speech which is not profitable? Indeed, you annul reverent fear and cut off musing before God. For your iniquity teaches your mouth and you choose the tongue of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you and not I, for your own lips answer against you. Were you the first man to be born? Were you, or were you brought forth before the hills? Do you hear the secret counsel of God and cut down wisdom only unto yourself? What do you know that we do not know? What do you understand that is not with us? Both the gray-haired and the aged are among us, older than your father. Are the consolations of God too small for you, even the words spoken gently with you? Why does your heart take you away, and why do your eyes flash? that you should turn your spirit against God and allow such words to go out of your mouth. What is man, that he should be pure, or he who is born of a woman, that he should be righteous? Behold, he puts no faith in his holy ones, and the heavens are not pure in his sight. How much less one who is abominable and corrupt, man who drinks unrighteousness like water. I will tell you, listen to me, and what I have beheld I will also recount. What wise men have told, and have not concealed from their fathers, to whom the land was given, and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man rise in pain all his days, and numbered are the years stored up for the ruthless. Sounds of dread are in his ears, while at peace the destroyer comes upon him. He does not believe that he will return from darkness, and he is destined for the sword. He wanders about for food, saying, Where is it? He knows that a day of darkness is ready at his hand. Distress and anguish terrify him. They overpower him like a king ready for the attack, because he has stretched out his hand against God and magnifies himself against the Almighty. He rushes headlong at him with his massive shield, for he has covered his face with his fat and made his thighs heavy with flesh. He has dwelt in desolate cities, in houses no one would inhabit, which are destined to become ruins. He will not become rich, nor will his wealth endure, and his grain will not stretch out over the land. He will not be able to depart from darkness. The flame will wither his shoots, and by the breath of his mouth he will depart. Let him not believe in emptiness, deceiving himself, for emptiness will be his reward. When his days are not yet filled, his palm branch is not green, he will drop off his unripe grapes, like the vine, and will cast off his flower like the olive tree. For the company of the godless is barren, and fire consumes the tents of the corrupt. They conceive trouble and give birth to wickedness, and their belly prepares deception. Then Job answered, chapter 16, Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Troublesome comforters are you all. But there is there no end to windy words, or what pains... Or what pains you that you answer? I too could speak like you if your soul was in the place of my soul. I could compose words against you and shake my head at you. I could encourage you with my mouth, and the solace of my lips could lessen your pain. If I speak, my pain is not lessened. And if I cease, what will go forth from me? But now he has exhausted me. You have made desolate all my company. You have shriveled me up. It has become a witness. And my leanness rises up against me. It answers to my face. His anger has torn me and hunted me down. He has gnashed at me with his teeth. My adversary sharpens his eyes to look at me. They have opened their mouth wide at me. They have struck me on the cheek in reproach. They have masked themselves against me. God hands me over to ruffians and tosses me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he shattered me and he has grasped me by the neck and shaken me to pieces. He has also set me up as his target. His arrows surround me. Without mercy, he splits my kidneys open. He pours out my gall on the, on the ground. He breaks through me with breach after breach. He runs at me like a warrior. I have sewed sackcloth over my skin and thrust my horn in the dust. My face is flushing from weeping. And the shadow of death is on my eyelids. Why? Because there is no violence in my hands, and my prayer is pure. O earth, do not cover my blood, and let there be no resting place for my cry. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and my advocate is on high. My friends are my scoffers. My eye weeps to God. O that man might argue with God as a man with his neighbor. For when a few years are past, I shall go the way of no return. Chapter 17 My spirit is broken, my eyes are extinguished, the grave is ready for me. Surely mockers are with me, and my eye gazes on their provocation. Establish now a pledge for me from with yourself. Who is there that will clap my hand and pledge? For you have hidden their heart from insight, therefore you will not exalt them. He who informs against friends for a share of the spoil, the eyes of his children also will come to an end, but he has made me a byword of the people, and I am one at whom men spit. My eye has also grown dim because of grief, and all my members are as shadow. The upright will be appalled at this, and the innocent will stir himself against the godless. Nevertheless, the righteous will hold his way and he who has clean hands will grow mightier and mightier. But come again, all of you now, for I do not find a wise man among you. My days are past, my plans are torn apart, even the wishes of my heart. They make night into day, saying, The light is near in the presence of the darkness. If I hope for Sheol as my home, I will make my bed in the darkness. If I call to the pit, You are my father, To the worm, my mother and my sister, Where now is my hope? And who beholds my hope? Will it go down with me to Sheol? Shall we together go down into the dust? Now Revelation chapter 14. Then I looked, and behold, the Lamb was standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his name and the name of his Father written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne, and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. These are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been purchased from among men as firstfruits to God and to the Lamb, and no lie was found in their mouth. They are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, having an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who inhabit the earth, every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. And another angel, a second one, following, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her sexual immorality. Then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image, and receives the mark on his forehead or on his hand, And he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his rage. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name, here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice in he- voice from heaven saying, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow with them. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and sitting on the cloud was one like a son of man, having a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the sanctuary, crying out with a loud voice to him who sits on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, because the harvest of the earth is ripe. Then he who sits on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the sanctuary which is in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, the one who has authority over fire, came out from the altar. And he called with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Put in your sharp sickle, and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, because her grapes are right. So the angel swung his sickle to the earth, and gathered the clusters from the vine of the earth, and threw them into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and blood came out from the winepress up to the horse's bridles. For a distance of of 1,600 stadia, says the word of the Lord. Now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. I wanted to talk a little bit about the virgin birth today. And I've got an article here that was published... um, Uh, on the Grace To You blog. It's an adaptation from a 1993 book that John MacArthur wrote called The Miracle of Christmas. And this is a small article on the importance of the virgin birth. Now, we all understand John MacArthur doesn't sit down and write blogs. John MacArthur doesn't use a computer. (laughs) John MacArthur uses a fountain pen and paper to do his writing. And he doesn't even write books. John MacArthur writes sermons. He studies scripture and writes sermons. And then when he desires to put out a book on a subject, his editors, who work at Grace To You, go and find all of his sermons where he said something about the topic that he wants to write a book on. And they then... Collect and collate all of his sermons. All of his sermons are transcribed. You can download them from the web. Um, but they they go through and they they take they pull from all these transcriptions everything that John MacArthur said about this or that subject. So when this book on Christmas came out, they they had gone through everything that he had said up to that point about Christmas and went through it and. Put it in some sort of order, and edited it, and you know edited it for book form as opposed to sermon form. And John is involved in the process. Um, the editors work on the book, and then they hand it up to John. John goes through and makes any changes, hands it back. The editors work on it again, and it's a it's a process that goes back and forth. And I'm I'm familiar with it not because I've ever edited any of John's work, but I'm friends with those who have. Um, chiefly among them Phil Johnson, executive director of Grace To You, and John MacArthur's chief editor for the last 30 plus years. Um, and uh, Phil's son Jeremiah also edits for John, and, and there are others. And then they want to do a blog post. And they want to do a blog post on a certain public, uh, certain topic, then they will go and look at sermons and books that that has, have been done by John, and they will pull out and edit as a blog post something on a single topic. So that's a bunch of inside baseball. So this is a, an article from the Grace To You blog called Why the Virgin Birth is Essential. Um and the, the scripture is Matthew twenty two forty one through 46. Um, this says it was taken from the book. It's adapted from the book, The Miracle of Christmas. And I don't know what sermon or sermon series this was taken from. And there could be elements of multiple sermons that had been edited into that this chapter or this section of the book. It's not a long article. I read... You may be wondering why the virgin birth of all the miracles in scripture is so frequently attacked. After all, if one can believe say that Moses parted the Red Sea, what's the big deal about a virgin birth? It certainly isn't a spectacular as spectacular a miracle. The scripture devotes relatively little space to describing it. Can it really be that important? Yes. The virgin birth is an underlying assumption in everything the Bible says about Jesus. To throw out the virgin birth is to reject Christ's deity, the accuracy and authority of Scripture, and a host of other related doctrines central to the Christian faith. No issue is more important than the virgin birth to our understanding of who Jesus is. If we deny that Jesus is God, we have denied the very essence of Christianity. Everything else the Bible teaches about Christ hinges on the truth we celebrate at Christmas, that Jesus is God in human flesh. If the story of his birth is merely a fabricated or trumped-up legend, then so is the rest of what Scripture tells us about him. The virgin birth is as crucial as the resurrection in substantiating his deity. It is not an optional truth. Anyone who rejects Christ's deity rejects Christ absolutely, even if he pretends otherwise. Jesus himself viewed the question of his parentage as a watershed issue. Matthew records one of his last confrontations he had with the Pharisees. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, Then how does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? No one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him another question. And that is Matthew twenty-two forty-one through forty-six. His sonship was the source of controversy on other issues, on other occasions. John eight records another run-in with some leading Pharisees. They told Jesus, We were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. That's John 8, 41. We were not born of fornication is a not-so-subtle jab at Jesus. They implied that he was born illegitimately. They twisted the whole point of his miraculous birth to make him an illegitimate child. They even said later in verse 48, "Do Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? The fact is, there is a direct parallel between these Pharisees and modern religious leaders who hint that the virgin birth is unimportant or a fable. They ch- the, their challenges grow out of unbelief in Jesus Christ. They are the expression of sinful, unregenerate hearts. Contrast their response with that of Peter. Matthew 16:13 through 17 records this exchange between Jesus and his disciples. Again, his sonship is the issue. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Notice that the answers proposed by the populace were human ones. They had concluded Jesus was either John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They had not yet grasped the truth of his deity. They assumed he was just a man. Simon Peter's response was different. He understood that Jesus was more than a human messiah, more than an anointed prophet, more than a son of David. He was the son of the living God. Peter knew because God had revealed to him, Matthew 16:17. Flesh and blood cannot reach into that reach that conclusion. Science, philosophy, and human religion cannot explain who Jesus is. Their adherents will inevitably conclude that he is a great teacher, a great moral example, or even a great prophet of God, but they all miss the fact that he is the Son of the living God. That's why the virgin birth is so important. For Jesus to be God, he must be born of God. Joseph, a man, and Mary, a woman, cannot produce God. God cannot be born into this world by natural human processes. There's no way he could be God apart from being conceived by God. At this time of year, believers shouldn't merely celebrate the birth of Christ. Christmas is an opportunity to celebrate every aspect of Christ's life, his humble incarnation, his transformative ministry, his righteous example, and ultimately, his sacrificial death. But none of that matters if we don't believe God's word is accurate about his son's parentage. When it comes to the truth of the virgin birth, compromise is not an option. So wrote John MacArthur. And that's our show for the day. Unfortunately, I have to go shovel more snow. (laughs) We didn't get as much as yesterday. We only got a a little over an inch last night. But it needs to be shoveled up because we're expecting more snow today. I might end up shoveling the driveway multiple times. We'll just have to wait and see. And I got some other stuff going on today as usual. So remember, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. And whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.